2: Believers and believers, welcome to another episode of Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya, and I'm so happy that you've decided to join us for part two of The Grifter Highway, where Janice from God Has Not Given, the podcast and YouTube channel and Instagram, has joined me to talk about all things Carl Lentz, New York their internal report Boom Boom Lentz we talk about hell we talk about having friends who believe we're going to hell and uh, we even try to get inside uh, Carl Lentz and friends head so you know what to do grab your snacks, kick back and settle in for your dream team Janice and Tanya, leaving Hillsong and God has not given in part two of The Grifter Highway.
3: Evangelical churches sit at a weird crossroads, right? Because they have so many regressive ideologies and theologies, but you know, you come in and so there's some things you expect. And, you know, Hillsong is not not affirming of the LGBTQ community at all, Uh, but everybody's welcome. And, you know, as time goes on, these things seem more and more foolish and just, you know, outright wrong. But, you know, in in 2010, to all of our shame, right, we're walking into churches and expecting homophobia. And maybe I don't particularly believe, maybe I don't even know what what I feel or think about it. However, these are the agreed upon ground rules. And it's the same with patriarchy honestly like yes uh Hillsong claims to be you know more we champion women we love women we believe you know Hillsong would probably if forced and if they knew what the words meant would describe themselves as egalitarian but it's not really but these are things we don't really talk about because it's it's church and we're not sure. Like like this is good news that Hillsong is open to champion, you know, being champions of women because a lot of churches aren't, and we just kind of accept that. Like, yeah, there, there are places in 2023 that I walk into and expect that I am a lower class citizen here. That as a woman, there are just some things that I probably will not be allowed to do. And in my regular, regular life, everywhere else in the world that might be crazy to me, but it's the church and they, you know, they got their own rules and we we are not the world. And so we can't be, you know, we're just having all these, there's so many tug of wars and we're having so many stupid, regressive, just backwards conversations because we're trying to reckon with some white man's interpretation of this old book, you know, and well, this is how it's been done this whole time. These are the beliefs we've we've been given. What are we going to do about it? So yeah, evangelicalism is just weird because (laughs) we agree to these backwards rules and we come in knowing, okay, there probably are some things here that I don't agree with, but either it's my job to get on board to find out that, no, this is actually the way things are meant to be, or it's my job to fix it. So I've got to get in here and, you know, Put the work in. So that means I got to stay at least long enough to, you know, be trusted and to be known as somebody. And then, then when I get my shot, I'm going to tackle these issues. But yeah, the system is what it is. And it's set up to keep you small, to keep you compliant, and to make you complicit wherever it can so that it's even harder to back out.
2: And it's something you said in the docudrama about. Uh, you know, it it's not that radical for a man like Lentz or for someone like Lentz to say Black Lives Matter. But in those circles, it's, you know, so progressive. And again, I'm reminded of my own kind of like whatever that is, willing suspension of disbelief or, or cognitive mm-hmm. dissonance, whatever you want to call it that says, yeah, but they're church people and, you know, you can't expect them to be normal. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Right. Even right. though they present themselves as just like the guy next door. I mean, he's do you know what I mean? We're the modern church. We're the, like we're just like you people, except we're extra special because we can do this. Yeah. Okay. How did things like how do things progress over those years? I know it's a again big question in a long time, but did, did you notice things becoming more and more blatant? extravagant what kind of changes did you see before you walked out the door
3: yeah again big question because you cause so many so many areas right? yeah i know
2: i mean you walked out before the main scandal thing i mean we'll get to the, the why you left uh, part when you want but when we go from those couple of guys with a couple of dreams that just wanted to come from australia to this end result yeah uh yeah i wonder what that's what that's like to to watch and i guess more like what it's like to look back now and stuff because it's you leave and then anyway i mean i'm just wondering then did things get better for women in that place did things get or or worse or just in terms of like how you've described race where you know there's lip services meetings but nothing really changes i mean it's because it's a place that advertises itself as so progressive and then there's always limits to that. There's always like they can only fake it for so long. I don't I don't even
3: think that they're faking it necessarily. I think they think they are progressive for the world that they they are in. But hmm. progressive in 2010 is the same as in 2023. I feel like evangelicalism in general and Hillsong specifically got to a place where they said, okay, we're successful. People like this, this works. And just kind of like freeze this moment, cut, copy, paste. And we are just trying to get to this space everywhere. And whatever we believe at this moment, however we are treating women, however we are treating people of color, whatever, it's worked. We're here, and this is as far as we go. And so, you know, if you're coming from a super, super conservative background, then yeah, coming into Hillsong is going to feel like a whirlwind, and oh, this is very, very progressive. But five years down the road, nothing at Hillsong has changed, but maybe you have. So now you're, you know, that scripture verse, you know, kicking against the goats, right? You're kicking against the pricks. Like you're feeling like, oh, I want more. I want to go farther. We were progressive. Hillsong still is progressive compared to some other places, but Hillsong compared to itself is the same. No beliefs have changed. It hasn't moved forward and it doesn't intend to. Like it feels like, no, we're good. Look at all the people we have. Look at all the success we've had. This is it. We made it. And the problem now is you all are ungrateful. You all don't know what's what. You all think you know better. And so, you know, they're not trying to move forward. They're just trying to get people to come back, <laughs> like in every sense of the word. Just come back. And, you know, we can we can work this out once you all oh, really? come back. But you have to... Literally, come back. You need to move backwards. It's all this stuff you want to do and all this stuff you want to talk about now—that's not the main thing. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And they're gonna say the main thing is salvation, right? So getting, getting brand new people who don't know what's what, who don't know what's progressive, who don't know what's forward, to come in and say, "Wow, no, this is great. This place happened. This place is successful. This is this is what works." You know, Hillsong is, I think you can have a great experience at Hillsong if you stay for a year or two. But beyond that, you are either going to, you know, get get stuck into the swamp of it and become (laughs) one of the swamp creatures, or you're gonna look around and be like, ah, this was cool at first, but now I'm seeing some things. And I think it could be better, you know, no one's trying to change his song because they hate it, right? Like people are trying to change it because they want to stay, they want to make it better. And it's when you find out, oh, they think they are the best. They don't think they can be better. And you know, then you have to have that wrestle with yourself. Well, I feel like God is telling me, whatever, that God has more from here. That you know, I want more in God, and this place is. Not amenable to that, whether it's because I'm a woman, whether it's because I am not white, whether it's because I'm part of the queer community, whether it's because, you know, whatever, whatever marginalization you have is going to be, you know, a little, a little foreign in your side that the average cis, white, heterosexual, married, male, right, it's just not going to have because the system has been built for him. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's when you run into the places where the system, oh, the system is not built for me, but now it's going to take <laughs> could be could be weeks will probably more likely be months or even years, you know, arguing with yourself about whether or not this, this is a me thing or is this is this the God thing? And if it is a me thing and it is a God thing, well, now do I stay or do I go? Because maybe I'm noticing it because I'm the one who's supposed to change it. Maybe this is my this is my fight. This is my, you know, good Christian duty. Yeah. So it's it's a tricky, tricky system.
2: And that's some of what happened for you. How did you end up walking out after what? what did we decide 12 years of
3: uh, no, uh, yeah, Bible college to... 2005 to 2017 is when I left Hillsong, and yeah, for me it was just being being a black woman and realizing, oh, these people, these people are not they're just not concerned with the world that I live in and with the world as yeah as I see it and as the world sees me, and so after. Again, yeah, a couple of years of having conversations with Carl about, you know, trying to get more women and not just women, more single women, more black women or, okay, let's not maybe that's too many marginalizations. Let's just let's just pick one. Can we have a single person? Can we have a woman? Can we have a non-white person, you know, on platform consistently on, you know, making decisions, having having some kind of input? And yeah, and with the answer never even really just being no, because if you had just been honest and just that no, we're not interested and that things are working and this is who we are, okay. Well, that's helpful information. And now I can, you know, go make an actual decision. But to say, Well, is it really an issue though? Because again, look look how successful things are, you know, and always making it about something else so it's not about whether or not women can can preach or teach now it's about well don't you trust me as the leader that you know god has put here you think you know better than god so then that puts the impetus on me to go away and say do i know better than god why is this bothering me why am i so concerned about this is it about me is this is about my pride and my ego Or is this a real issue? And then for me, deciding, okay, no, I think it is a real issue. And it's not healthy for me. I'm in places, you know, at work. And just in in the regular world, Hillsong didn't invent racism. Hillsong didn't invent misogyny. Didn't invent patriarchy. All of these things exist and are in play. But at least, you know, out in the world, out in the secular world, you know, There are diversity, well, there were, you know, (laughs) diversity quotients or, you know, just things that businesses and companies have to be aware of and at least, you know, give lip service to, right? Like if Apple wants to, you know, have all all white male leaders in the boardroom, they can. But at some point, somebody's going to, you know, snap a picture in the boardroom and then put it on the internet like, hey, look at look at this. And there's just, you know, social pressure to do better and to be better. And the church just doesn't have that because the church gets to say, no, that's, that's the world trying to, you know, infringe on us and, and do whatever. So there are just no, there's no protections in place, right? Regular companies and businesses have, have HR departments and the church just doesn't. So they're just allowed to (laughs) kingdom culture, be their own little kingdoms and run things the way they want to. And so for me, I'm just like, oh, okay, do what you want to do, but it's not healthy for me. This is not, you know, affecting me and my my self esteem and my prospects for the future or whatever in a in a positive way. So, yeah, I think I got to get out of here.
2: It's just so huge, and I hate that dishonesty. I hate that like do, uh, you think you're bigger than God stuff. And the more the more you hear it, like the more you hear these reports and you know these guys know what works, it's especially with people who've been brought up in a church environment. And it, it's just, it gets worse and worse, like, do you know what I mean, realising how simple it is for them to say something like that and for it to, to have a huge effect. The power is way bigger than is kind of able to be described in a lot of ways in these environments. It's just, I'm going to jump to the money thing. I'm thinking, well, set aside some of the horrific sexual assault, sexual harassment stories. I think that the, do you know The main guy is having these affairs and downplaying them and, you know, all of his merry men are as well, you know, telling what that culture would be. Oh, there's a lot of kind of adolescent boy kind of arguments in this stuff as well I, you know which which you know not surprising call me an, because imbecile he didn't call me an imbecile <laughs> like these are adolescent boys. you notice that as well. I'm wondering if we talk about the money because by the end of it, well by the end of the church, and um by the end of the report, there's um quite a bit of discussion on the money. And how it was misspent. When did God has not given start? The end of October, twenty twenty. Right before the November of twenty twenty, when there. Mhm. What kind of uh, motivated you to to start a pod right then? I mean, right before Laura's October twenty fifth and uh, the fourth <laughs> of November, when the big announcement was made that the lenses were leaving and Carl had been. A- bad bad person. That's super cool. Yeah
3: I had already obviously I'd left I'd left Hillsong in July of twenty seventeen and had joined another little church plant and was part of that up until 20, 2019. So yeah ended up leaving leaving that church and you know I'd grown up in church, been in church all my life and just the situation that happened there in between that and Hillsong, you know, I had been, you know, what I would now now define as deconstructing. I didn't know that was what was happening. I was just not even asking more questions, just engaging, engaging more with questions and just being less less afraid and less precious about it all. So when I left that church in early 2019, I just had this thought like, oh, I don't think... I don't think I need to go to church anymore. It wasn't about God. It wasn't about anything in particular. It was just like, I think <laughs> I've been sitting in sermons long enough that I don't need to hear a man's thought of the week every week. I just don't don't need to. And so it wasn't, at that time, it wasn't anything like, again, particularly against against God. It was just like, no, I think I, I think I've got it. I think I've heard enough. And I think I'm okay to kind of go it on my own. Like, I don't even remember if at that point, I knew I would never go to church again. I just knew I just didn't want to. And so by 2020, so yeah, I'd been out of church and just been outside of it all for, yeah, at least a year. And my initial thought with God is not given, you know, it's right there in the name. Like I took it from this, this verse says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And I was like, no, I think all evangelicalism gave me was fears. And now I know kind of what it looks like for me, but like my podcast is me talking, talk to my friends. And the initial the initial thought was like, I wonder what it looks like from the outside. Because, you know, so many of my friends are still in church and still believing. And, you know, just kind of curious, like, are they, <laughs> what is it, what is it like when you meet someone in church and, you know, your relationship survives? but I know what the beliefs are. So I'm asking questions and I'm very obvious about it, right? But if you're looking at me and you're still in church and you're still holding fast these beliefs, it's got to bring up some questions for you because do you think I'm going to hell? Like, are you worried about me? Because you can you can see me. You can see my life. You know I'm not... I'm not doing better or worse, right? I'm just out here, I'm living my life. Uh, Lightning hasn't struck me so far. Tragedy hasn't befallen me, or if it does, if if it did, would you feel good about that? Like, would you think I deserve that? Like, what is it like as a person of faith to watch someone you care about become not one? Like, it has to make you question, your beliefs because you know the main one do you think do you still think I'm a Christian and if not do you think I'm going to hell like how come you're not trying to convert me back yeah so I was just really curious what it looks like
2: and what did you from find overall from this side now because I remember when you started what did you find because just like with this, I mean I started this Leaving Hillsong to find out what it was like and pretty much raw data and you've done kind of the same thing from a a slightly different angle and i mean i guess a lot of those people have moved along along the way as well but yeah yeah i have found
3: that a lot of evangelical belief (laughs) is not real or it's it's easy to you know to have these blanket ideas and to lay this these blankets over people you don't know. So, you know, people will be very comfortable talking about hell, believing in hell, right? But they're believing it for people that they don't know. They're believing it for other people and that's fine because I don't really have to think about them. But again, it complicates it when you have to look at me and <laughs> what I'm telling you now, you know, not so much in the beginning, but now at this point, yeah, I don't believe in Jesus. I think I don't. So, you know, we were all raised to believe that it doesn't matter how good of a person you are, right? It doesn't matter about how good your actions are. There's one thing that's going to keep you out of hell. And again, that's very easy to believe and to be casual yep. about with people you don't know. But it's me. And you know me. And now you have to make some judgment calls. And people get really, they don't want to do it. And so, you know, the first question I would have people answer on my podcast in the beginning was, you know, give me give me three things that make someone a Christian. And I don't think anyone, maybe one person, said, you know, something to do with the salvation prayer. But most people, you know, it was like, it was other things. And I don't know how much of that was... <laughs> trying to keep me out of hell, right? To make it so I am a Christian. Cause if that matters to you, again, I'm a complication cause you know, I'm not, I'm not a bad person. Not perfect, oh, yes. but I'm not a bad person. I'm not out here, you know, doing harmful things. I didn't walk away out of any malice. I didn't, you know, I didn't run out of here to go start sinning. Like none of that, none of the, none of the, The tapes that you've been sold, none of the scripts work for me. So what does that mean? What does that mean? And And I can't answer the question, but I can give it to you.
2: That is genius, almost religious discrimination research, isn't it? Which is like any kind of bigotry or belief. Like you're saying, it's easy kind of over there, but when it's someone I know, breaks it right down that's incredible and i would have thought those would have been a lot more like a lot tougher beliefs to break down than even you know other kinds of prejudice or them and us kind of mentalities yeah fascinating
3: yeah yeah and so it's you know i don't really I don't I don't my my podcast is not to argue with anyone. I'm not fighting anyone. I'm not having people on who I don't who I don't like. Um I mean, we don't have to agree on everything, but like there has to be yeah, a level of friendship and respect, you know. So yeah, it's a little tricky, right? But I mean, if you're going, you know, I'm not going to hold it against you if you legitimately believe I'm going to hell, there's nothing I can do about that. I can't even fault you for that, but I hope you do walk away and, like, think about how you feel about that. If you are, if you're fine with it, yeah, this is my good friend. And just because she disagrees on this point, she's going to burn in hell forever. And I'm going to live forever as well. And I'm going to know that. And she, and I'm going to be fine with that. Like, that's
2: that's a bit of a worry. What if they're um, not fine with it? Like it, because I'm honestly these would have been the, the beliefs I would have thought they're absolutes, they're unmoving, people never shift from them. Do I mean do they say that to you? Like, I'm not okay with it, but that's how it is? What the Bible um, said?
3: No. No, because I like I don't I'm not I'm not provoking anyone. Like we're just having regular conversations. These are your th- thoughts. These are your questions that I hope come up for you. And I hope you go away and wrestle with that. But, you know, I don't need to argue with you about whether or not I'm going to go to hell. But because, again, we're not born depraved. We're not born bad. We are born inherently neutral, you know, at worst. I think, you know, humanity is seeking safety. I think that's what we're all born seeking. Most people just haven't really thought about it if you really did think about it you would get really uncomfortable really quick or you wouldn't and then that lets me know something's wrong like if you are okay with the idea of people burning forever like that seems reasonable to you again we're not talking about (laughs) hitler or you know somebody who's done massive mass harm like just a regular person me you're like it makes sense to you that just because of again this this one stupid thing I don't believe or that I won't do eternity eternal conscious torment that seems like <laughs> thats your god came yeah, up with yeah. that uh, that's
2: the best idea yeah and that seems right and there are you know hundreds of thousands of millions of them that do and like when you say like if it's you know but if it's someone I know might have to see that a little differently I mean, yeah. it's a sociopathic kind of belief I, really, I mean really like it is but, <clears throat> not you know diagnosing anyone so I mean I'm just reading through as we move on to the money that the report here is volunteers were expected to give 200 percent at all times There were numerous occasions where volunteers were dehydrated, exhausted and run ragged. And I do have to add in that when uh, this person served in the green room during Sisterhood at New York, that all the volunteers were given to eat were the scraps of what was left over from catering. Someone else here has stated that volunteers were treated as something to get a service from, that volunteers were more accepted by the staff the more work they did again, this um speaks to the the culture of the place, and you went through some of a lot of that really mm-hmm. yeah, but that's another another regressive
3: evangelical belief, right this idea of suffering suffering for Jesus. he gave his life. The least you can do is you know give your afternoon
2: The whistleblower document, some of this money stuff has been the real the concrete evidence people having affairs or whatever it doesn't do you know it doesn't solve much for me Mm -hmm. in terms of you know responsibility and power but the money i mean sorry even this end section of the report here people reporting to sydney which at the beginning of the report were told that there were multiple announcements carl had made that australia is dead to us sydney is dead to us uh where they had just come from I really don't know why things are so bad that someone's telling Brian Houston's brother that there are issues with leadership because he's got like zero to do with it. (laughs) And then you can imagine George and Margaret. It says here that Laura Lance stated that she would charge alcohol or dinners to the card, their Hillsong credit card, if it related to a dinner party for the church. She stated she would only charge clothing if it was a gift. Uh, Like what, how do you end up at this point as pastors, right? Like, this report isn't written that clearly that, uh, you know, it's not itemized here. There's just examples of different areas that are problematic. Disregard of the budget <laughs> where they'd be given a budget for something and just disregard it. the use of donations.
3: I mean, with like, you know, to say, oh, if it was church business or blah, blah, whatever, what else what in Laura Lentz's life would not be church business? Like, these people have no, there's no separation. Like, this is this is their life. This is their livelihood. There's no separation. There's no checks and balances. Like, are they spending money like crazy? Yeah. But, you know, do I think Carl ever thought oh, I got to get Janice to give 10 more dollars because I need $10 for, you know, whatever. No, I think these people were so separated from any of the details, any of the facts of people's real lives. Like they just didn't see us. "This This is your business. This is a company. And all you're thinking about is profit, profit and loss. I don't matter to you not for good or not for bad, right? Like (laughs) we're just there. And we are the people who produce the money, the people who produce the production. We are the people who just keep this engine running. So we're just the gas in the engine. And that's, that's all you're thinking about. And all you know is that, yeah, my money comes from this place. These are not smart, people like these are masterminds these are again stunted adolescent boys and girls who don't know anything but this world and all they know is that my money comes from this world and if this is my church what, what difference does it make if i put it on this card or this one it's all coming out of the same pot right like whether this is the church card that says Hillsong New York or the church card my card that has my name on it and this is the one you know that my paycheck right. goes to like what's the difference but, this is all mine but, this is my life this is my company this is how I live
2: getting up on stage every weekend and you know they may not know you as Janice or they may but they're still happy to apply the pressure to. Get that $10, though. Yeah, because I mean- that's their job. This is how the company runs.
3: These people, this is their reasonable service. God needs this money because God needs to pay me. And so you guys are what God is using to bless me the same way I am what God is using to bless you. I'm blessing wow. you with these, with these words and, you know, this, this fun experience. And now you need to bless me to make sure my lifestyle, you know, is keeping me happy and and well, so that I can keep coming here and giving you, you know, putting on the show that you like.
2: And that looks like as good a place as any to end it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. There is another relatively short part three that uh, i'll be bringing to you as soon as possible thank you for your support your listening your views your opinions your comments all your support and feedback means so much i really really appreciate it bear with me if i'm slow to respond it's been a hectic time thank you especially to my patrons if you want to be one of them look up a leaving hill song there's a paypal as well Please make sure you check out God Has Not Given. As you can hear, there's just so much to discuss with this deconstruction, not just from Hillsong, but from all kind of fundamentalist belief systems. So it's important that while you're uh, deconstructing or reconstructing or constructing, that you be kind to yourself. Be kind to the people around you. Make sure you keep leaving Hillsong. And we'll talk soon. Bye.